Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of the modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plates and paint and trolls. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. It is now 2018, as you hopefully are aware. Uh, and that means that we are once again thinking about our backers only podcast for those of you who support us on Patreon. Uh, last year, we got a really good topic suggestion from one of our listeners, and it was a really fun episode uh, just for the backers. Uh, so this year, once again, we are asking for questions or topic ideas that you think might make a good backers only uh, discussion. So you can let us know via Patreon at patreon.com slash or by email or however else you think that you can get smoke signals to reach us. So on to today's podcast topic. Uh, a little over a year ago, uh, basically right after the uh, US election, when everyone was attacking Facebook um, for apparently being the reason for the election results. Uh, we had Matthew Ingram on to discuss uh, how big a deal or not how big a deal the uh, Facebook filter bubble was. Uh, Matthew, as you hopefully already know, has been a long-term media commentator uh, and at the time of that discussion was a senior editor for Fortune. He has since moved on to the Columbia Journalism Review where he still writes uh, very interesting and thought-provoking pieces about media and related topics. So we're having him back on again today for this uh, episode of the podcast to, well, <laughs> once again, talk about Facebook. <laughs> uh, initially, the idea was uh, basically just to talk about the recently announced plans to effectively downgrade news sites uh, in the Facebook news feed and to play up content from friends and family, or as Facebook explained, content that drives real interaction. Uh, I guess as opposed to fake interaction. Uh, there was a, an awful lot of media hand-wringing and screeching and complaining and whatever over this, uh, especially as many, many media properties had more or less thrown a ton of resources into uh, Facebook as their main source of traffic and eyeballs. To then have Facebook pull the rug out from under them uh, reasonably pissed off an awful lot of people in the media space, uh, though, as we've argued uh, on, on TechDirt, that shouldn't necessarily be that surprising. Uh, I also tend to worry about how it will now create worse incentives for media properties to try to twist themselves into knots to convince people to interact with their content just to fool Facebook's new algorithms uh, into highlighting their content. Uh, I, for one, do not relish a Facebook feed full of stories imploring me to like this now or to comment to let us know what you think. Uh, of course, just as we were getting ready to record this podcast, there was another announcement from Facebook concerning news involving uh, what seems like a really bizarre plan to start ranking media sources based on how trustworthy they are, but using user surveys as the basis for that rating. Uh, it did not take long for basically everyone to point out that uh, user surveys are pretty easily gameable uh, and that this seems ripe for abuse on a platform that has been widely <laughs> abused to try and push uh, fake or questionable stories. Uh, so there is 
plenty to discuss here, and we're happy to have Matthew back, along with our regular co-host Dennis Yang, to discuss all of this. So uh, let's start with the uh, question of downgrading news. Uh, now, there's an argument that Facebook did this because they were just got so sick of everyone blaming them for for bad things that were were happening in the news uh, that spread via Facebook, and and they just wanted to get out of that business entirely. Uh, Matthew. Uh, Let's start with you. Do, do, what do you think? Do you think Facebook just kind of wanted to wash their hands of news altogether? You know, I I don't know obviously because I Mark and I don't talk a lot. But uh, <laughs> but but I you should a, you should work on that. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's busy. You know. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I do feel that there's some of that. I mean, they've they've come under a huge amount of fire. They had to testify. I went to the hearings uh, at the Senate and and Congress and. You know, they were just raked over the coals for hours. And there's been all kinds of, you know, there's the EU and there's, I mean, their involvement in news for something that is really a tiny proportion of what Facebook does. It's caused a mass, like just a a massive amount of pain and anguish. And so I certainly wouldn't be surprised if they said, you know what, Uh, let's try and ease out of the news business (laughs) a little bit because it's just not worth it. Like it probably doesn't even generate enough you know either ads or traffic or revenue to make it worth their while so i i certainly can't blame them yeah well there there is also sort of the the cynical explanation that i saw a few people you know discuss which is like you know if if sort of the regular uh, you know I, I guess you would refer to it as organic um uh showing up of news in in the in the feed goes down that may encourage more of these media properties to right. to pay to, to, pay. Pr- yeah. to promote and therefore the the purely cynical profit driven explanation is that well this this move makes you know media companies pay more to facebook to promote their news right and i think like a lot of things it's probably multifactorial <laughs> sure. like i think i think that's probably part of it because why not I mean, you can, <laughs> right. so it's a win-win, really. If you if you sort yeah, of de-emphasize yeah. <laughs> news, then they'll pay you, and plus you kind of get out of having to be as responsible for the news. And they don't actually even have to do anything. They can just say they're de-emphasizing news. <laughs> media organizations yeah. freak out and start paying for more, right? So it's like, and how do we actually know? It's like, all right, we we turn the knob, you know. Um, well, and well. I actually have seen I have seen. <laughs> Um, research from several different people who track that sort of thing. Yeah, that that sort of organic reach has been declining for yeah. most news outlets. So, so, so their announcement really did seem to actually affect something. Well. And it's, I think it's actually, it's kind of their announcement came after the thing already started happening. If you know what oh, I mean, right? Um, and or people right. aren't engaging with it enough so it's not showing up and so they've realized people don't like it um, that's what happened last time they made a tweak like this it they they didn't make as big a deal of it but they said we're going to focus on personal posts because that's what most people care about babies and dogs and and birthdays, birthdays. and stuff like that <laughs> and we're gonna and we're gonna de-emphasize news and sure enough people's traffic fell by like 30 40 percent um and it was mostly because wow. users were saying I don't I don't want this or they weren't clicking right. on it which effectively is a vote or is right. taken as a vote that they don't want it. Right. And I don't blame them. There's there's a great argument Josh Benton at the Neiman Journalism Lab I think made it a while back that you know lots of people who aren't journalists 
have a tiny, tiny appetite for news. And, yeah, and that's yeah. not bad. Like they, if they see one headline about something huge and earth shattering, you know, they feel pretty informed and that's that. And that's all they want to, they don't want to go into any more detail. They don't want to see 50 hot takes about it. They don't want to watch yeah. it on the news. They just, they're done. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think there's something, there's definitely something to that. And, and, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't use Facebook for news. I don't know if it might just be because I mainly use Twitter for news. And so I kind of tend to focus more on the personal stuff on, on Facebook. Um, but I could see where, like, if you're not a news junkie, um, you know, you, yeah, you clutters you, up your feed probably don't want it yeah. what, what i thought was interesting though was kind of how upfront facebook was i mean i think in the past when they've made sort of newsfeed changes they've sort of yeah. you know tiptoed around yeah. it. in this case they yeah. were sort of like hey media properties like yeah. you're fucked <laughs> so good luck um and, and so i, I think they put it in the context of you know we're making some tough decisions and here's why and i thought it was interesting this didn't get a lot of attention but i th i think it's interesting that they that Mark basically admitted in his post that uh, Facebook can be bad for you. And yeah. so that's a pretty big admission. Like, I don't think, yeah, you know, that's ever, he's ever actually said that. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a little bit sort of separate, right? That wasn't directly in relation to the changing of the newsfeed, right? That was his post about his sort of, you know, focus for the year. Right. And he sort of, no, he mentioned it in the other one too. Oh, he did mention and, the other one too. Yeah. Okay. And it was, the context was that, consuming uh content without interacting is bad and i don't know if that's facebook's huh. research shows that or so that's part of why they're de-emphasizing or they're focusing on discussion and comments right. and so you See, interacting as opposed to just consuming but uh, like specifically yeah. like, like are, are they de-emphasizing news posts from the news organization from media organizations or are they de-emphasizing news posts from my friends that so my understanding is my understanding is that if your friends share it you'll still see it they're not going right. to do anything about that okay it's only the stuff that comes from news like organizations pages etc and now they're so they hinted at and now they've rolled or said they're rolling out ways of pushing news into your feed anyway even if it doesn't get a lot of engagement and even if your friends don't share it but it's going to be super high quality and reputable <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna decide that based on a bunch of factors that of course they won't tell you right. um including votes right which already seems yeah so Bodie mcboatface uh, <laughs> as a news outlet is probably gonna yes. get a lot of votes but. yes as, as you know as as much as we believe in democracy you <laughs> um, are straight up. It's uh, the worst of all possible systems, yeah. right? Except I mean, every other one. Right. I mean, depending on what, what you need it for, right? So for yeah. elections, there yeah. are reasons for democracy exactly. being a, a reasonable thing. But for, yeah, voting on... And there's reasons why you have a representative right. democracy instead yes. of just a straight click a button and vote democracy. Yes. And the thing that bugs me is there's a, there's a ton of research. I mean, the Knight Gallup poll I just finished writing about looked at people's trust in media and right. it skews along totally ideological lines. Yep. So Republicans will say every media outlet is untrustworthy except Breitbart. And, uh, even they defined Republicans defined accurate factual news stories that were negative about politicians as fake news. 
they right. said that deserved that category. So <laughs> how are you going to get, you know, a, a realistic sort of trust ranking? It, right. It's just not possible. Unless you like exclude partisans and how would you do that and, and not do it in a way that is then... So you're definitely going to wind up... Uh, enough people are going to say, oh, the New York Times is trustworthy. I've heard of that one. Right. Or they're going to say, uh, you know, whatever, this other one is trustworthy. But once you get below that, it's going to be chaos. Yeah. And then yeah. Facebook's effectively going to make those decisions without telling us what it's basing <laughs> its criteria on because it never tells us. Right. And then it just sort of gets back to like the, the, the issue that we we end up talking about all the time, which is just sort of the lack of transparency in these systems. Right. I mean, right. Facebook is this yeah. giant black box and they can exactly. do what they want. Um and you know if they're if that's bad for society, well, <laughs> oh well, we gotta we gotta rely yeah. on on Mark to become enlightened. <laughs> and maybe when he runs for president, he'll care more about that. I don't know. But but oh, I know gosh. the the one story that I wrote about recently that really affected me was talking to journalists covering uh, living in and covering countries like Cambodia and Myanmar. Um, right. Facebook doing its so-called split feed test where the news disappeared from the regular feed yeah, <clears throat> had huge impact on the news that people were able to get about their countries. And these, these are, you know, they're the news about what's going on and about the government is you can, they can't trust the mainstream media because it's corrupt. Um, Facebook has effectively become the media. So then any little tweak they do with the news feed has a massive impact on people's right. lives. And you know, that's something I I would like them to admit. Yeah. Uh, so you do a A-B test and an entire country's news consumption goes haywire and they then can't find out what's going on in their country about massacres or army attacks or whatever. That's a serious problem. <laughs> that seems like an understatement. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, I, I mean, but there's a part of me still that's just like, you know, and, and I wrote up something that more or less like blamed all these new news organizations for becoming so, right. you know, embedded with Facebook and so and you're right. on, on on Facebook. But I'm also wondering about like, you know, the end users too. Like there's some responsibility there. If the only place that you're getting news from is Facebook, like that seems like a problem also. Sure. And, and I'm, and I certainly would not kind of leave either of those arguments out of the equation. Like I think media companies have, have effectively given themselves over to Facebook out of yeah. desperation. And, and maybe they were driven by financial needs and maybe lots of them didn't know what to do, but that doesn't change the fact that they, you know, they're, they're lying in a bed that they made. Yeah. Um, and Facebook made it very appealing for them to do that, but it's definitely a partly their fault and, and users too. I mean, if users yeah. are getting questionable news, that's not a hundred percent Facebook's fault. It's, it's, it's your fault for sort of believing the things that your uncle Ned shares or, or not <laughs> taking time to, to look beneath the surface and, and find out, you know, it's the same problem we used to have. I don't know if you had this with your mom, but my mother would send me emails, you know, long before Facebook about some crazy urban legend that she'd heard about. <laughs> right. And I would literally just plug the subject line of the email into Snopes.com and then <laughs> send her a link. And, you know, it doesn't take long, but people just don't, 
for whatever reason, don't take the time or. Yeah. I mean, you know, to some extent, like that gets to the larger question of just general, like media literacy yeah. in, in the, yeah. the wider population, um, which is, which is a, a, certainly a big challenge. I mean, it'd be interesting to see if like Facebook actually pushed for like real media literacy as opposed to these sort of, you know, patchwork, you know, vote on how trustworthy yeah, this is. That would be or, interesting. You know, or I mean, like the they, thing I think Facebook does get some blame for or should that, that, that company, the network, is a is a machine mm-hmm. for for basically making money out of confirmation bias. So it's <laughs> it's a it's an emotionally driven machine, and so people share things that make them feel a strong emotion, and whether they're accurate or not, or factual or not, is literally irrelevant. Users don't care, and I'm not convinced Facebook cares either. Yeah. There, there was an interesting argument that um, uh, Ben Thompson recently made. I don't know if you saw his latest stuff on on, yeah. mm-hmm. on Facebook, where he was arguing, you know, like in the advertising world, um, that you know the stuff that seems to work really well tends to be advertising within a passive medium, so television, where you're sort of right. sitting there and it's sort of pushed at you. Um, or, you know, where you're specifically looking for something in sort of the Google realm. But when it's interactive, that advertising tends not to actually work that well um, because, you know, generally you're, you have you have a different intent and you're, you know, you're either trying to chat with someone or you're trying to, you know, catch up with your friends or, or you know, play a game or whatever. And, and advertising is very, very intrusive. Right. It's intrusive, yeah. In that situation. That's my argument for why it doesn't work on Twitter, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, exactly. And, and that's why, you know, and so he was sort of a little bit perplexed, I think, by this move by Facebook because he was basically saying, you know, they're moving away. Like, you know, the news consumption stuff is tends to be sort of more in that passive mode where you're sort of mm-hmm. reading and catching up on the news and they're moving to this thing where it's, you know, they, they want much more interaction. And he was arguing that maybe this is, you know, sort of uh, antithetical to their to their, their business interests in, in some way. Um, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting point. I think I think some of this is driven by Mark's fear and Facebook's fear of regulation. Mm-hmm. And so in some sense, it is separate from their bottom line focused kind of revenue driven normal mentality. Like I think some of it is, whether it's his personal feelings about democracy and society and in America and, and making the world a better place or whether it's fear of government regulation or both of those things. I think to some extent this is being driven by things that are not revenue focused. That said, that said, I mean, Facebook's primary intent is to get you to spend more time on Facebook. Yeah. And so, because the theory is the more time you spend there, the more stuff you will see and the more likely you'll be exposed to messages or click on things. So then discussion and engagement is in a way a return to kind of the core of Facebook. Yeah, I I, I guess. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm sort of I'm a, I'm I'm still a little troubled by the whole like push for engagement. I mean, you know, and and I've talked about this separately and just like in regards to TechTurt specifically, like you know, um, the number of, of like comments that we get or the number of like social shares that we get in a story are not necessarily. Um, 
indicative of of how many people actually read a story right. or how many people right. find it valuable and like you know i actually think there is value in you know what we refer to as lurkers you know people who aren't aren't mm -hmm. engaging but are just reading and and you know i completely agree and, and in and fact josh josh benton mentioned that it's kind of odd in a way and it is a kind of ideology if you deep if you dig deep enough i think jay rosen made that point to say we're going to value things written things or video things or news things based on how many people talk about them. Like that's yeah. kind of a weird thing to, to do in a way, because there are lots of things you read. Maybe you don't want to talk to people about it. Maybe you'd <laughs> right. rather just think about it, you know? And so my fear is that this, this is effectively what I just finished writing today. I think this is going to make the misinformation problem worse instead mm. of better. Because what are the things that cause people to become super engaged and discuss a lot? Garbage and right. and fake news stories. Because the fake stuff is always way more engaging than the real stuff. Real <laughs> stuff's boring because it has to be factual. So right. so if and, you and don't nuanced. have to adhere right. to the facts, then you can say whatever you want. And it's gonna be a hundred times more interesting. So then people are gonna talk about it. Like you don't you don't think Pizzagate stories would get tons of comments and discussion? So right. then so then Facebook says, Oh, but we're gonna it has to be meaningful discussion. <laughs> okay. Right. Well how the heck are you gonna measure that? Right. Like this length of the words or I mean how many <laughs> what is what what's meaningful? Right. Yeah, I mean like and, and you can and, and then even there, like you could you could go even deeper on that too, which is like, you know, in in the situation where there is like a fake story, like, you know, what if it generates an uh, so this is purely hypothetical, hypothetical, you have sort of a fake story, but it generates a really interesting and thought provoking discussion within the comments is that. Um, right. Is that good know, or bad? Right. <laughs> how, how, uh, yeah. I mean, how do you define that? And um, I think if it if if Facebook. So they're they're kind of in a way they're trying to suck and blow at the same time. They're saying right. we'll let we'll let engagement and discussion kind of determine what should be shared, but then we'll also put our thumb on the scale with these quality posts from sites that you vote on or whatever. <laughs> like it could actually, I think we, it could wind up being worse instead of better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's true. De Dennis, you're you're sort of the yeah. resident opt optimist. <laughs> uh, what's your take on all this? So, so the way the way that I've been kind of look, you know reading this post that Mark you know posted today about um, mm -hmm. you know, letting letting essentially what I'm trying to kind of back up from it and say like, look, it sounds like they're trying to optimize the newsfeed, right? And they have mm -hmm. the way I see it is they have a whole bunch of signals that are kind of amazing. Um, you know, including all of the things that you're talking about, you know, how many people read it, how many people like it, comments. And they're, they're essentially, to me, it feels like they're trying, like, look, we need some more signal to try and understand how to present the best news feed to you. And it sounds like the problem is the best news feed is starting to change in terms of definition because they're concerned about um, certain news sites that have, I guess, more or less trustworthy. Trustworthy is now... They're trying to include this concept of trustworthiness into this algorithm, right? Right. Which, but that's such a. I if mean, I were such a yeah. weird, right? Question of what it, is if I were them, I would. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the way you're kind of approaching it. They're like, we don't know if 
the trustworthiness is something that we should be measuring, but to be more transparent about things is prob you know is is another way to go, right? Right. Um, and and I keep actually thinking like this remind you know makes me want to think about Reddit's approach to uh-huh. I did like too. an algorithm like an algorithmic yeah. news presentation or uh, information presentation, right? So, um, and how quick the Reddit community is able to tag certain news stories as you know uh, biased or or you know they have little little flags that will right. kind of just pop up. Um, and I thought that's the the way that Facebook was going, kind of, you know, when there was a disputed news st- source, they were they would flag it as like, hey, this this is kind of like a disputed thing, and that seemed like they were going down that path of more transparency as as opposed to this this one, which seems like by source trustworthiness seems like an odd signal to look for because uh, it's yeah. so subjective, right? Um, and, and yeah, and it's not even clear what trustworthy means in this context to some extent. Yeah, and and so, you know, from like a pure algorithmic standpoint, if a community deems a certain news source trustworthy, then will they basically be like, okay, um, you know, we don't know what trustworthiness means, but to this community, to this group of people, they think it's really trustworthy, so we'll show it to them. And to this other community, they all think it's not trustworthy, so we won't show it to them. So yeah. it feels like by asking for this signal, they're going to be almost like building higher walls between certain communities, um, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's right? one so, of my fears as well, yeah. the sort of filter bubble problem. Right. It, it become, it's it almost like let's them. amplify the filter bubble, which is I'm yeah. only going to show you stuff that you believe to be true. Um, From sources it. you see as trustworthy. Yeah. Right. And and I and I wonder if it's actually source by and like I mean this is digging maybe too much to the weeds but is it, is it really like a source by source thing or an article by article thing? Um, and then you I mean you run into all these issues where it's like, you know, a a trustworthy publication, you know, like the New York Times or the Washington Post in general, they make mistakes and sometimes they make big mistakes. Um, right. And therefore, like any particular story from from a trustworthy source might not itself be trustworthy. Right. Um, and, and the opposite can be true. I mean, the, the least trustworthy sources out there occasionally yep. actually get a good story, uh, right. you know, and, and uh, you know, to 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 declare things by the entire source. Um, and I think. Right. And I think that's dangerous. Is... It, it speaks to your media media literacy point before, yeah. which is, I think, the concept of deeming an entire source trustworthy is the is kind of antithetical to true media literacy, which is, you know, questioning mm-hmm. things, asking questions, evaluating bias on your own, right? So, I don't know. It, and I think there is a risk that this is going to wind up, you know, favoring the sort of, it's going to be a power law thing. It's going to favor the top 1% of media outlets that everybody's heard of and kind of thinks are probably, you know, trustworthy. And then, so if you're a smaller news outlet, you're not going to have enough trust votes or whatever. And so then your stuff isn't going to appear. So it's going to benefit the the sites that already have a big following or a big brand. Yeah. I think, I think that's absolutely true. And I think sort of two notes on that one is, like, I think that's ar- already been an issue. Mm-hmm, I mean, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, there have been a whole bunch of sort of smaller publications that, you know, really within the last year or so have basically just shut down. Um, you know, the the big one just, uh, you know, recently was The All. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, which shut down. And last year there was the toast. Um, and Gawker. Is, and, and Gawker. Gawker got shut down for slightly other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like sites that were actually, and you know, consumerist and, um, you know, and some other sites that basically just weren't getting enough traffic to survive yeah. um, by sort it's of. It's going to make it even harder. Yeah, and it feels like this could could definitely make it even harder. Now, the the flip side to that is sort of the argument that I've made in the past, which is like that we, you know, at TechDirt in particular, like we effectively ignored Facebook. Um, you know, uh, for for the longest time, we totally ignored them. We finally set up a page that just sort of automates stuff, and and we, you know. Over the years, we sort of have gone back and forth on like how much emphasis should we actually put on on you know investing in the Facebook effort, yeah. um, and and it's sort of come out as well. We have other things to focus on, so we haven't invested that much time. And and for a while, honestly, like I felt bad. I mean, I I, I had a discussion. I may have mentioned this before. I had a discussion with someone about two years ago who worked for a, a larger media property who was like. It was a conversation with two people from larger media properties and me, and and one of them joked like, "Well, you know, all of us have figured out how to play the Facebook game <laughs> to you know guarantee an extra. I forget the number he gave, but it was something like five million, you know, visitors per month or something." And I was sitting there thinking like. Uh, well, I haven't, <laughs> and I, I don't know what that game is, and I'm not sure I really want to spend my time figuring it out. But I, I also did feel like maybe I was, I was feeling left out, um, and I, and I never did learn to play that game, and now suddenly I'm feeling like good about that <laughs> because I haven't, you know, you know, I mentioned this in our our year end wrap up, uh, you know, on on traffic where I'm I'm proud of the fact that like. 50% of our traffic approximately is like direct visits and less than 20% comes from social. Um, so I don't feel like, you know, a change to Facebook's algorithm doesn't impact me right. nearly yeah. as much as these other properties. So there's, there's an element where I'm just like, well, you know, you know, through, <laughs> it may have been poor thinking over the last <laughs> few years, you know, I haven't played the Facebook game and therefore I don't have to worry about it. But, you know, there is also the argument like, well, I could have had a lot more traffic and maybe I could have converted some of that into more loyal uh, readers. But, you know, it does feel like a lot of people who, who show up on new sites via Facebook don't become loyal um, readers. And, and a lot of sites feel like they've maybe given up their, their loyal audiences. Yeah, it was interesting when I uh, looked at, I don't know if you've looked at um, Philip uh, Struharek, I think is his name, is a Slovakian journalist, and he's written a bunch of posts on Medium about, because they were part of the split news feed. And mm-hmm. so um, he's been basically tracking what has happened to his reach and, and the reach of other media companies in uh, Slovakia. Mm-hmm. And he found the reach of some uh, media outlets dropped by like 40%. Wow. But, but their traffic only went down a tiny amount, if at all. So huh. in, in some cases, their traffic didn't even budge, but their quote-unquote reach went down 40%. Mm. So theoretically, that means that 40% of people were basically useless to you. Right. In the sense that they never actually went to your website. Now, maybe they might have over time or who knows. But, right. But it certainly wasn't as big a hit kind of traffic-wise as it was reach-wise. Which just fits with my theory that reach, quote-unquote, is a garbage metric. Right. And, you know, it's like saying me walking down the street, talking to myself, I reached 
a thousand people because I passed <laughs> by them, you know, on yeah. my way to the train station. Like that's, um, how much value does that have? Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, that gets into a whole nother discussion that, that we have a, a podcast recorded on that has not yet been released on, on just like the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, the metrics question and sort of what right. metrics are important and, and who do you trust and, and whether or not they're garbage. Um, but that is kind of interesting. Um, you know, but I mean, you know, in general, right. So for media properties though, it's always going to come down to like, you know, traffic or reach, whatever, like, are we getting enough money to actually right. stay in business? Right. And um, that depends on, are you based on advertising? Right. right. This is something you and I've talked about. If you're, if you've got a, you know, primarily or even completely ad based model, yeah. then you kind of have to play Facebook's game because yeah. they own that industry. Yeah. So if you're not playing with Facebook or Google, you're, you're out like you're, yeah. Which is a whole other issue, but it's related, right? And it just sort mm -hmm. of comes down to this idea of like, how reliant are you on these giant properties that then get to, you know, make whatever decisions, exactly. you know, they want. Um, and, and I mean, and, I know I've been yeah. warning for years that media companies were getting too integrated with Facebook. And every time they change the algorithm, you know, there's this massive like cataclysm related yeah. to, to traffic or to revenue or to whatever. And media companies just basically roll with it. And because they're so there's, they've got such a symbiotic relationship. If they tried to, to D, you know, connect themselves, they, they'd probably die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But even, I mean, it's interesting too, and this may be straying a little bit further away from the, the core topic, but like, even like the really big players like Buzzfeed, right. have run into some problems. Lately yeah. Too. And Mashable. Yeah. Yeah. And these and, were organizations that were basically purpose built or or structured themselves deliberately in BuzzFeed's case to take advantage of Facebook distribution. Yeah. Um, and I mean they from what you know, from what the Wall Street Journal reported, they missed their revenue estimates by like twenty percent. Not like yeah. a little. Yeah. So, I mean, so there's a question of kind of like what's next um, and, and where does everyone go from here? Um, and like, I know, you know, I, I've seen more and more people, including you, Matthew, say that like you're trying to like go back to like RSS feeds as opposed to relying mm -hmm. on social media for, for your news. Um, I remember seeing an argument, this is probably a year or two ago, where people actually blamed Google for shutting down Google Reader <laughs> and moving everyone away from RSS, however many years ago that happened. Um, Which was terrible. Yes. I think. I'm still yeah, mad no. about it. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I, I, I still think that was a, that was a bad decision. Um, but do we think that like enough people would move back to like no. a, a newsreader type thing? No. And I mean, yeah. not enough people used them anyway. Yeah. I mean, at that time there, there just weren't that many people doing stuff like that at all. So it, sure. it seemed more, you know, it made more sense at the time. There's no way you would get, you know, the kinds of numbers that use Twitter even Twitter, let alone Facebook, to right. do something like RSS. It just, it's just not going to happen. So, I mean, I don't... This is something that sort of keeps me up at night, that we we had something at one point where, you know, blogs and RSS and, and even messaging and 
you know, lots of things like that were distributed and they were, they were sort of democratized in a way. And now we have these giant entities that kind of control huge amounts of our, our information flow, whether we like it or not. And you can decide not to use them, but then you're effectively, you know, it's like the guy moving to a cabin by a lake and, <laughs> and not having a phone or TV. That, that's great. But right. you're kind of out of the loop. <laughs> yeah, you're you're cutting yourself off from society. Yeah. Um, huh. Well, this is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I've thought of that could be worse than Facebook doing all this stuff with you know getting people to vote on trust and Facebook making decisions in, in its black box about what the truth is, is to have the government doing it. So I think it could actually get worse <laughs> yeah. yes. if, if Congress decides, you know what we're going to do? We're going to legislate truthfulness or something, you know, <laughs> right. and they're going <laughs> to impose all yes. kinds of Facebook laws. Like that's, I, I just finished writing about things that are happening in France and Germany and yep. Germany's hate speech law and, and, and yep. France wants to give the media regulator the ability to just remove stuff from the internet if it's bad and yep. you know that we don't want we certainly don't want to go down that road either i don't think yeah no that and that's those are really bad and like you know we've been reporting on like the the german hate speech law like so already like a bunch of the enforcement has been on like you know satire yeah. and parody yeah. and and uh recently it was like one of the uh uh, officials who I think was supportive of the the hate speech law, like had a tweet removed because he yeah. he called somebody an idiot or something yeah. like that. I forget the details, um, and and so like that's bad. And and now you know that may be expanding to like Brazil and Italy and and all this kind of stuff. And and you know some of that it has to be admitted is just like you know Europeans who are just like attack the big American companies like sure you know yeah but but yes it is kind of scary how how quickly that that those ideas are sort of spreading and how poor and in a way Germany is is the worst of both worlds because it effectively yeah. just says hey Twitter and Facebook take down bad stuff yeah. and then so Twitter <laughs> then is like holy crap we better take down some bad <laughs> stuff and then they just you know, they're like a loose cannon. They're just driving around, <laughs> you know, pulling stuff down. It's crazy. So yeah. that's like the worst of both worlds. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I still tend to be optimistic in the long run. <laughs> I'm just I admire to, that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where that, you know, so I'm sort of hoping that there's I'll, a pendulum. I'll join you on the optimist train. Sure. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I'm sort of hoping that there's like, you know, there's some aspect of this, which is just pendulum swinging and, um, and that we start to head back and, and maybe what we head back towards is something better. Um, you know, cause I certainly have my concerns about sort of, you know, the big centralized, powerful players, um, and, and how much control they have. And so maybe this becomes incentive to create sort of better entities that are, I hope know, so. I hope less you're right. Damaging. And I hope that people will use them. My fear is that that we're going to wind up with something like, uh, you know, this is the sort of fast food analogy. Um, Facebook is great because it's really easy and and it's cheap calories and you can consume it quickly and it makes you feel full or whatever. And so the vast majority of people are just going to do that because it's yeah it's easier and it's feels good and it's bad for you, but who cares? And so then 
you'll have a tiny proportion of people who are, you know, getting presumably quality information through some other venue. And, and my other fear is that as, as more of this Facebook stuff drives media companies quite sensibly towards subscription and paywalls and memberships and so on, that you, that more and more information will get locked up yeah. behind paywalls and it'll be harder for, so people who can afford the paywall will be well-informed and everyone else will just get garbage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I see that argument and I get it to some extent, but I'm a little less yeah. worried about that because to me, you know, and, and I've said this a bunch of times before, like that, that at least seems like a market opportunity, right? I mean, if, if everyone goes behind a paywall, then there's an opportunity for somebody sure. to come along yep. and basically re-report everything yep. that's behind the paywall and to make a killing because they have no competition. Yeah. In um, fact, some websites have done that with the Wall Street Journal forever. Sure. Just yeah. rewrite their story and get the traffic. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think there are ways around that, but I, but I do get the, the, the general fear, the idea that, you know, there's sort of a velvet rope um, between you and quality journalism. It does feel a little iffy. And um, I mean, we've always had sort of information uh, ghettos and kind of information tiers, right? Where, sure. where the elite got access to certain information that other people didn't. And that's, and I think that can be a problem it can it can yeah. result in sort of it can manifest in different ways but it can often be bad so i mean i mean i'm just trying to think like i mean as sort of a closing thoughts on, on kind of all this like <laughs> we're screwed yeah yeah can i ask a question to maybe yeah lead in, I, don't, I don't know if this is opening up another discussion but like like is this nothing new in the sense of like, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not an expert on like history of journalism or whatnot, but like in the, in like the late 1800s when we had like yellow journalism with like Hearst and, um, mm-hmm. you know, is, is this kind of like a, a rehash with new technology of the same types of issues that. Yeah. Were, I, you know, I mean, we I think it definitely is. Then? It definitely yeah. is. I mean, my, my favorite examples are the Tim Wu in his book mentions the New York, son i think it was who created the news story about uh batman living on the moon and they had uh, <laughs> artist renderings of the batman and and they sold yeah. millions of papers and in fact other serious papers started writing stories about it because right. they had they feel felt like they had to get in on it and then my other favorite was benjamin franklin actually created a completely fake news story this is a guy who's like celebrated as a you know a hero, yeah. a, a particularly a founding father of America and newspapers. Created a yeah. wholly fake story, published it under a fake like faked an existing masthead of a real newspaper. So I mean, it's definitely not a new problem. But right. what we have is is these platforms that that make it exponentially orders right. of magnitude faster. Uh, yeah. easier to consume, easier to distribute. So you, it just, it, it metastasizes so quickly. Um, I think that changes the nature I of the see. game in a way. And and even though it's been part of the human existence to have, you know, sensationalized news, fake news stories over hundreds and hundreds of years, we haven't really developed a better sense to be able to consume it responsibly. Or... Not really. And we also, to you know, the other thing that's made it different is we haven't had a president like the one we have now, or the one you have now. Um, 
that guy, you know, has made fake news his mantra. And and that's having an impact not just on journalism in the U.S., but worldwide. Yeah. Like, despots are taking lessons from this guy. That's disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. I thought, I thought we were podcast. trying to end on a yeah. cheerful yeah, sorry, note. Sorry, I, <laughs> My goodness. Facebook is great. <laughs> I saw some good photos on there the other day. Yeah, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time in Facebook. Like, they, they do a great job. The algorithm does a great job right, of keeping my attention, making my, my interactions with it enjoyable. Um, I think I agree with your, your point, which is like if it were not for – the the kind of immense pressures that Facebook's been under, like this is kind of not news that they're continuing to, to you know yeah optimize because they have done it in the past yeah like they're like yep business as usual and I do keep actually optimizing the newsfeed I sort of keep making this point whenever I launch into a presentation about how horrible Facebook is and how everything it does is bad I do I do yeah. think it's an incredible product and Mark Zuckerberg is yeah. a genius and has created something that has real value and it's actually it has allowed people to connect in ways that they never did before. And I, and I genuinely think that he is a good person and he has, he wants to do good things and he believes that Facebook accomplishes good things. Um, I just feel like it's even outgrown sort of his ability to yeah. understand what it is because it's so huge. And so, I mean, there is, yeah, there is you something know, a lot to of that. his mentality has been the Silicon Valley, you know, digital solutionism, but also move fast and break things. And I think that's fine until you move fast and you break democracy. You know, that's probably... (laughs) Well, they've kind of backed away from that slogan, right? So Yes. They're they're now, what is it, move fast with stable architecture? (laughs) Not as as catchy. No, it's not not nearly as catchy. Move fast and don't break society. Don't break the important (laughs) stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I think, you know, there is a larger point, which is like just the fact, just the scale of Facebook, which is that we, we have never had anything, exactly. uh, you know, quite never. on that scale. And so, so these ideas that make sense in, in sort of smaller scale and at smaller communities, you know, you have sort of two impacts. One, just the, the fact that it, you know, reaches half the population and, and perhaps, you know, almost more than that at this point. Yeah. And then the fact that, that some people or some nation states have then also figured out how to kind of weaponize it exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, which which a, allows for all sorts of like bizarre scenarios that that you know nobody could have predicted right. and the the idea that like facebook should have planned for this which i've seen <laughs> a lot of people talking about is absolutely crazy because there's th- yeah. you know this is it's unfathomable i mean and i mean in the past if you had not. a fake news story in a newspaper how many people was it really going to reach like right. 50,000 maybe, 100,000, right. not 2 yeah. billion, that's for sure. And it wasn't <laughs> going to affect the, the sort of political, you know, machinations in like several foreign countries. Like that just never, it didn't happen. Yeah. <sighs> I keep I keep looking for the optimistic <laughs> note to go out on, and, and you know, <laughs> you keep dragging us down. Yeah. Well, I did say I do think Mark... I think he is a good person, and I think he yeah. has good motivations. I think he wants to do good things. I think his yeah. creation is to some extent a Frankenstein. Like it, yeah. it, it stomps around killing things accidentally, you know, without him. And he's like, "Damn, stop doing that! <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I've got to figure out how to stop it from doing that." 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a valid yeah. point. I mean, I, I still think that, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if, if it gets to the point where where, you know, Facebook really is that bad for society, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe people begin to recognize that and, and maybe that then becomes an opportunity for something else or, or many yeah. something else's. And we've um, seen that before. I mean, when yeah. I do get depressed, I, I think about you know, MySpace, or I think about things that were bad before, like AOL, and, right. you know, people eventually moved away, and because it wasn't serving their needs, so, you know, we can definitely hope that the age of Facebook <laughs> right. will be replaced by something better. Or, I mean, they, they Facebook has shown itself to be pretty nimble, like, yeah. to yeah. be able to respond. They could evolve, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or they just buy anything that looks like it might be right. the next big thing, right. which... Maybe raises other questions, but that's uh, another podcast. Yes, too many to go into at this point. Anyways, uh, Matthew, <laughs> thank you very much for depressing us all. Thanks. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> such a downer. No, no, it's it's an interesting <laughs> discussion nonetheless. Uh, and Dennis, of course, thanks as well. And uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, something else. Hopefully not as depressing. <laughs> I'm not depressed. <laughs> as always, Dennis <laughs> re retains his optimism. All right. Uh, that's it for this week, though. <laughs> Bye.